Welcome back to another episode of the Untapped podcast where Delaney and I are really exploring this concept called the three C's and the three U's, which is a framework to help you really look at perhaps where your conflict is arising in your relationships and how you can heal that and how you can quickly bring awareness and have pragmatic tools to work through that because we waste so much time being in conflict that we don't need to be in. So dive in and enjoy this episode. A lot of people avoid conflict and don't know how to really resolve it or have it in a powerful way. Nor have we ever seen examples of what healthy, good conflict looks like. How do you actually navigate that? How do you actually get to a potential solution where both people are happy and thriving again and reconnected? What does that actually look like? We've never actually seen it from our mentors or our parents or anyone guiding us, our caregivers. Often it can just be avoiding conflict, sweep it under the rug, don't deal with it, don't talk about it again, which doesn't really empower anyone. Or it can be argumentative defensive justification again which doesn't result in any real resolution and just Mm. creates massive rifts between people so discovering okay well what causes that conflict and how can we move through it with ease and grace and love so powerful think about a lot of time and energy in relationships when People are in conflict, spending days holding grudges or not messaging back or just arguing. And even that energy of that one little thing said in the morning and then all of a sudden your whole day is off because you're thinking about, oh, they said that, they are, blah, blah. And it just, yeah, it can falter whole weeks, days, months. This is what I always come back to is like, how the hell does the world operate? <laughs> so many people in conflict with colleagues, with partners, with friends. It's nonstop. So... What we want to jam on a little bit is not necessarily conflict resolution or frameworks for that. We may talk about that in another episode, but we want to look at what are some things that cause conflict or have conflict actually arise within our intimate relationships and really dive into these distinctions and things that we've used and things that we've personally experienced within our relationship. Because once you have this framework, You can have a quicker awareness of, okay, I'm doing that thing. Okay, that's causing them to go offline. I'm feeling their frustration. That's perhaps what it could be. So it's really powerful when we have these frameworks so that we're not operating from, oh my gosh, what have I done? Did I annoy them? What did I say? And it's this whole guessing game. And at that point, when you're in a relationship doing that, you're making it about you. And you have no actual distinctions, meaning concepts or frameworks or tools to distinguish from the context of what's happening once you have a distinction you're like ah could be this could be that so having these frameworks is really 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 powerful and actually essential within your relationship and a common language together the three c's and the three u's and we tend to all do these all the time from the smallest moments of can you empty the dishwasher to big conflicts about money or jobs or vision or whatever you're creating for your life any level of conflict these three c's and these three u's appear and when we were trained in this distinction originally the conversation was around them being the three c's being more prone to what the feminine does which puts the masculine energy offline and vice versa the three u's being more tended towards 
what the masculine does, which puts the feminine offline. However, in the context of our relationship personally, we both do them in different times because all of us had both those energies. We do. Now, when we say this masculine feminine, we don't mean man, woman as in gender. We mean the energies of masculine and feminine, which we can again probably speak into in another episode. But starting with the three C's. Now, this is something that we all do again. It's not necessarily the woman. But the three C's, the first one is that we might criticize our partner, right? Mm -hmm. Finding flaws, things they don't do well, things we don't like. Maybe passively, aggressively comparing them to others, whatever it might be. Like, oh, you should be more like your brother or something along those lines. You're criticizing your partner in some way, shape, form. And what happens when we get criticized? we get put offline, we get upset, we get defended. And that's just one of them, right? That's one of the three C's. This has absolutely been my experience is even my own trauma sometimes of not feeling like I'm doing enough is then put through into this first C of criticizing. It's like, hey, why are you sleeping in? Why are you not doing enough? You know, and again, just finding all those little gaps. Why are you wearing that? Why are you saying that? Why did you say that to our friends? It's just like constantly finding these ways that they're not enough. And I think particularly with an untapped, we've worked with a lot of really high performing women and that's incredible. And we're really ambitious and we have amazing high freaking standards. And we're like, this is how we roll. And the harsher side to that and the more challenging side to that is that that can come off a lot as criticism a lot of the time and finding those gaps. And that's never going to empower your partner ever. We'll talk in a little bit about how do we then transform that criticism into something powerful that's going to really support them because no one who's criticized wants to expand and be in communication and be in intimacy in your relationship. And the second C, which kind of goes hand in hand with criticism, is then we can often close off. And what this means is we might not message back, say, for example, if we're not together and we're messaging, or we might leave a room, or we might just fold our arms over in body language and say, I'm done with this conversation, I'm not talking about this anymore, and we're not open. We're not willing to hear what needs to be said, we're not willing to move through whatever the conflict has arise, we just close off. And shutting down, stonewalling any further conversations, yeah, emotionally mm. just withdrawing and mm. being like, well, nope, that's done, that conversation's had, you said that thing, I'm now shut down, unavailable, and like you said, it moving, so there's no open-heartedness, there's no space, there's no safety within the conversation because that person's completely shut down. And and- we've all experienced this when say we've done something and or we don't know we've done something and our partners are not opening up or telling us in a grump, whatever it is. And we're like, what did I even do? Yeah. And they're just, they're closed off. They're closed. <laughs> oh, we've had that. And I think particularly as a woman, we have strong diffused awareness. We're often hyper aware of what's going on around us, something that someone could say. And so the masculine or the men can so often be like, what did I even do? Primary question in a relationship. What did I say? <laughs> what like, did I do? What just happened? <laughs> you know, and we're like, wow. You should know. You should be reading my mind. How do you not know? And just closing off. And again, there's just no resolution there. There's no space. There's no love. There's no generosity. You're just going to stay in that energy for way too long anyway. So even with just these first two C's, you can see with criticism being the first C and closing off being the second, you can see how conflict can arise from just those two alone, Mm. right? And if those two are in presence in any way, shape, form, a bigger conflict will occur. You can be tired, right? And you're closed off. And then you might say one little passive aggressive criticism. And that's going to escalate later to probably something a whole lot bigger. So it's really 
good to note when these two are arising, when you're criticizing and when you're closing. And particularly on criticism, I think one thing I used to justify was that I was trying to help or trying to make it better. And I think a lot of people do that. They're like, well, they need the feedback. They should know that. And it's like, yes, and it doesn't have to be delivered in that way. So it's it's attuning to also the delivery of how you're creating something with your partner as well. And the last C is around, which ties in perfectly, probably particularly to criticism, because if we look at criticism, we've got to look at why are we doing that? Are we, are we trying to make them feel like shit? Probably not. But what it, we are trying to maintain something, right? We're trying to create the third C, which is control. And what are they wearing? What are they doing with their time? And, you know, what activities are they doing? Are they reading enough? Are they working out enough? Like, again, with your partner, there's this, there's a sense of trying to control them in a way through criticism and particularly for the masculine energy their number one value biologically is freedom don't tell me what to do don't tell me how to spend my time so if you're in a relationship where you are trying to control your partner through different things you're completely losing your polarity and your intimacy and your chemistry and your love and your relationship because no one wants to be controlled. And particularly when their highest value is freedom, right? And really looking at where we're trying to do that, even subconsciously, where we're trying to assert our control. And you can imagine what happens when you're criticizing your partner, you're closing off to your partner and you're trying to control them in any micro or macro way that just creates a whole negative cycle loop where you're controlling them and then they're criticizing you, you're criticizing them, they get passive aggressive, they close off and it just creates this vicious circle of the three C's. Mm. And it's one of the biggest causes of conflict. And they can be subtle So well. small. One little comment, one little thing that can really... Send your partner offline. So the three C's are typically, for those listening, often what the feminine may do to the masculine is the paradigm often. So that that for us in our relationship, that would be like what I would do today, right? I would find all these little flaws, all these little things he's still not helping with or still not doing. Again, seemingly small things felt very justified in them. You know, I'd be like, well, you're not. You're not doing this. You're not helping with the life admin. You're not doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, that's often what the feminine is doing to the masculine, which is just sending them further and further offline. And then the other ones are the use, which is typically known as what the masculine will then do to the feminine without even knowing, right? A lot of this is not conscious. It's all what we do subconsciously that then builds to the conflict. So the first one, which is quite important, is you making your partner feel unseen, invisible, not replying to messages, not communicating with them on what it is you're doing mm. you know you're just invisible to them or they're invisible to you you're not appreciating them enough you're not grateful for what they're doing enough you're they're invisible and this can also occur in conflict right where some of us storm out or leave where we're making them feel unseen and not holding them in the conflict not making them feel safe in the conflict and I think with technology more and more now, working with clients, this one's come up so much more because people have really full lives and then suddenly they get home from work day and they're on their phones and they're doing work or whatever it is. And the experience for the other person in the relationship is feeling really unseen. This person's not even looking at me. They're not even acknowledging me. They're just on their phone all the time. And the impact is massive in your relationship if someone doesn't feel truly seen and given your full presence and your full attention and this is something d you're incredible at is 
if I really need support on something, D will put his phone down, look me in the eyes and sit with me and have that conversation. Not in passing, not when he feels like it, not half on his phone, yeah, 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 whatever. Not Nothing of that, like truly giving his full presence and I can feel that. And I feel, it makes me personally feel so safe in the relationship because I'm like, he's got me. He's actually here with me. And it's just diffuses any sense of this one, right? If we're not doing that for each other, the impact is, yeah, that that real sense of lack of love and lack of generosity and kindness. Yeah, It's a really important one to get that if your partner ever comes to you in distress, whether that emotion, anger, whatever, and it might not necessarily be directed at you. It could be about a friend, something happened at work, a family member. Is your gift in that moment that you can give to them is not to fix it, is not to, you know, tell them 20 things they should do. It's just to be present with them and let them express it and be able to hold that emotion, hold that energy, hold whatever comes through. The ultimate gift when someone is emotionally distressed is your presence. There takes a level of emotional regulation that one has to be able to do or work through to be able to hold someone in that and not need to fix it, right? And that leads into the second one, which is around this concept of, the second you is feeling unsafe, feeling like this is actually not safe for me to even express or to, just to be fully expressed in what I'm experiencing. And this integrates into the divine masculine. So when we talk about the energies, the divine masculine can hold all the emotions that the feminine will bring. Because we do, right? In a day, for me, I could cry, scream, laugh, feel sad because I'm I've done so much like emotional release and letting go of all that we all get emotionally constipated you call it day but we have all emotionally constipated no ability to like really experience our emotions in a powerful way so over the years the more and more work I did the more I could feel I could feel anger I could feel sadness I didn't used to I used to just have everything perfectly worked out never feel anything except sometimes cry in the bathrooms and now I'm like I could go to a whole spectrum in a day and a divine masculine partner can hold you in that. They don't need to fix it. They don't need to suppress your hype or your anger or your sadness or make you feel a certain way. They can actually just simply hold you and let you know and let you be, feel safe that, hey, it's okay. Because the main preface of the feminine energy is to expand emotions, to release them, and the masculine just wants to shrink them. Not necessarily divine, feminine, masculine, but that... It's really important to get. You'll notice in any conflict, the man just goes, just calm down, just calm down. Everything's going to be okay. It's fine. Mm. But that's not what we should do. We need to be able to hold them and be like, that fucking sucks. That really sucks. Let it out. Tell me more. Really let them express it and get that emotion out. Because we're all emotionally constipated and we just got to let it out. Just got to let go, relax, let it free. And the third one, the third you. So we've got unseen, unsafe, and the third one, which is crucial, and where Bryony and I sometimes, when we're in conflict, it's kind of the mm. the pinnacle, the tipping point of, of the conflict is like, you just don't understand me. You don't get it. You don't get me. You don't understand. So the third one is not feeling understood. And you can see how this can come out and how the smallest little inkling or the smallest little moment can ripple into something a lot bigger. When you're making your partner not feel understood in whatever they're communicating or trying to communicate and just who they are in the world their intentions mm. what they're up to if you're criticizing your partner as well they're not going to feel like you understand them they're going to be like you really don't get me you really don't 
understand the the depth of who I am and what I'm up to in the world. And so, again, that just forces a relationship further and further away when someone doesn't feel understood or appreciated and who they are and what they bring. Again, you just lose that polarity and that chemistry. We used to have this even just knowing who we are and our strengths, right? I'm a voracious learner and voracious reader and all I love reading so much that I would gladly spend my Friday evening just reading books rather than going to some social event or whatever it might be. And it took a while for us to really get through that. that, No, this is who I am. I love reading. I would prefer to sit down with a book than go to some awkward networking thing or whatever it might be. And that again comes down to like understanding who your partner is. Being okay with that. And loving that. Yeah. (laughs) Versus needing them to be a particular way. Yes. Because if you can never really change the stripes of your partner, you can only expand more of who they already are. Mm. Right? So if you're trying to change your partner, if you're in a relationship where you think you can change them and evolve them, that's you trying to control and you're criticizing who they are. You're not understanding who they are. You're not seeing them for who they are. And therefore they feel unsafe. So it'll never prosper. Yeah, and you can, that's not to say that you can't grow together because you can, but from a powerful basis where you really understand, love, and appreciate who each other are and then grow into that and be like, you know, do you want to expand in this area? Yes, okay, cool. I'll hold you accountable. I'll support you with that, but not from a place of that's because what I want, right? They've got to want that for themselves. So we're going to look at some things that we've integrated in our relationship to really expand in these areas. So the three C's, just to recap, is criticized, closed, and controlled. These three C's come out from both energies on both parts. And we're going to go through some solutions now to help you move through it better and to avoid them more, right? So what's the solution to criticism? You need to admire and appreciate your partner more. I tell Bryony this all the time. Like, it's pretty easy to please the masculine energy is just give me praise. You did a good job. Thank you so much. That was great. You did amazing. Oh, look at you go. Whatever it might be, it can be so small. I'm even smiling right now just telling myself that out loud. It's really that easy to appease and make the masculine energy happy and do the opposite of criticism. Admire and appreciate. And something we integrated on this particular one is that every night before we go to sleep, we would say, hey, what do you want to be acknowledged for today to each other? And then that person would request you know what today I worked really hard on this piece of work we obviously worked together or I did this for the kids or our house or I created something at work and then the other partner can just create that was amazing Delaney I acknowledge you for showing up for doing the groceries for getting the house sorted while I was on my calls and just for really keeping us healthy and everything in our life working and it's that simple and it's, it's so simple, but we don't do it. We, again, just find all the ways they're not meeting our needs or not performing or whatever it is, instead of, hey, these are all the ways you're incredible and we've always got work to do, right? We've always got places we can grow. So starting from that foundation of appreciation and actually integrating an appreciation or acknowledgement practice into your life can be really helpful because it's not something we remember to do. And when life is really full, we're like, oh, that's all just niceties. They know I love them. We use that as an excuse. They know I love them. Yes, and you just simply to communicate what and why and how much you really admire things about them. Even when we leave events and things sometimes, it'll be like, hey, I really loved how you shared that with them or you created that conversation or thank you for setting up that meeting for us to meet those beautiful people. 
it's just really deeply appreciating not just a thank you but thank you for all you be and all you do do in our relationship in an authentic way solutions for closed so the second c now this is a bit abstract but it's around being more open and playful this is really good to just bring a bit more laughter perhaps into your relationship a bit more freedom in terms of the playfulness. We find some simple things around us like putting music on when you're cooking and just being a little goofy and moving around and being okay with holding that space for when you're just both being kind of weird. It really helps alleviate this closeness that can occur and and let people into your mind and what you're thinking and feeling. And sometimes when I'll do this, this is one of my patterns to close off, particularly if I feel any sense of rejection or abandonment or frustration or like I'm doing life on my own, all those patterns that come up from my childhood, anytime I experience that feeling, I'll close off eventually. Or if D says like something that really sends me offline and one pattern interrupt you can use because once you've tipped into that pattern, you basically have a neural pathway in your brain that's looping on the same shit from when you're a little kid. The other partner can also use humor and be a little bit playful, right? You have to have done quite a lot of work in your relationship to use that as a strategy because that doesn't always go so well. (laughs) And if you have this distinction of, darling, you're so closed off right now and bringing play and humor to interrupt the other person's pattern can be so powerful. I know Dee, you do that a lot with me. Say if I see Bryony's really in her head and she'd be quite closed off even from herself, is I put on some music and I might just forcefully kind of grab her hips and start swinging them a little bit and just get her kind of back into her body, back into expression, back into radiance and just really expressing herself more, even if she's still got a grumpy face on and moving around, but at least she's now moving and a bit more playful. It can really open up the closeness and then really what can happen then is Bryony will then perhaps express to me, this just happened. And then we can talk about it in an open way because I've unlocked the closeness. And vice versa, when the masculine gets really hyper-focused or he's really in his head or he's learning or whatever, I'll be like, same thing, put music on, be goofy, be silly, and be like, let's go to a cafe, do something spontaneous, let's go meet some friends and just really break that pattern, put the open, playful, joyful kind of energy, dance on the way to the fridge for no reason, bring that play back in. So just keeping that heart open in the relationship. Also, just in this moment as we're sharing these solutions, This might not necessarily be the thing to do when you're in the heat of an argument or a conflict. This is about things to bring into your daily practices so you can avoid these things even more and move through them even better because the cups are fuller. Your playful cup is fuller so when the conflict or the close-off does come in, it's not such a big mess. The next and third one is controlled. And this is really important is particularly when we first got together and we were first living together and working together, we were really in each other's pockets a lot. And it's been a big question for a lot of people for us is like, how do you live and work together so much? And something that's really important is for two hyper individual souls is to ensure that you're creating natural freedom for yourselves. Actually spending some time apart, actually spending some time alone and creating it. Mm. Not secretly closing off with your partner of going out for beers with your mates after work and not messaging back, not telling your partner you're doing it. That's not what you do. You create a safe, open communication channel and create your freedom from that. And that feminine, just providing a lot of that spaciousness and trust. And yeah, it's it's based on trust. You know, if your partner wants to go away for the weekend or I know you probably maybe have to manage the house or the business or the kids or whatever it is, but the more you create that freedom for each other and that premise of trust and love, the more the relationship is just going to flourish and expand from that place 
I said to Dee the other week, 100%, like go for a weekend, go book a beautiful Airbnb, take yourself away. Because again, we do so much together and so many relationships do that actually we do need that space and we sometimes need permission from each other. Like, hey, if you need that, go do that for yourself. That would be incredible. That would be such a gift to yourself to love and honor yourself and such a gift to our relationship because when you come back together, it's just so powerful and expansive. And I know in our relationship, that's something I've been so much more aware of is particularly when I learned about the distinctions around the deep, deep need for freedom. And I looked at all the modeling from a lot of relationships I'd seen and there wasn't a lot of freedom there was a lot of controlling a lot of criticizing and I was like okay how do I want a context in our relationship of more space for them to just go do whatever they need to do and it's yeah it's really important so we got criticized is admire and appreciate closed is be more open and playful and controlled is give freedom give some more freedom into the relationship on both parties and both sides now we'll do the three U's so remember those were unseen not understood and unsafe, right? So the first one and the biggest power of the masculine energy from both from both parties is give them attention. Give them real attention. We talked about that. Put the phone down, yeah. look at them. Yeah. Hey, how are you? What do you need right now? Put everything down. We don't do this enough for each other in our relationships. Stop cooking. Turn the element off. Ask the children to leave the room for a moment. Put your freaking phone down and give your partner the attention and the love that they deserve. The type of attention you would have given to them when you met them. You know, when you first met them and you're just always looking in their eyes, always right there. And then the law of familiarity happens and we're like, oh yeah, you again. Just to create as well. This doesn't mean every single second of your life you can never look at a screen again. You always have to be looking lovingly into your partner's (laughs) eyes. No. What we're talking about is rather than quantity of just half-assing being together, but create quality micro moments. Mm. How can you, when your partner comes home from work, put the phone down, turn the TV off, close the laptop, turn the whatever it is, and go straight to them, look them in the eye, give them a hug and say, hi, darling, how was your day? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. That's it. And that will just completely both calm down both your nervous systems, you'll both feel seen, you'll both feel safe, all of it will be resolved if that high quality micro moment in your relationship. Not understood. Mm. This is again coming back to that giving them real presence and really letting them speak and share, right? We uh, have two ears for a reason, (laughs) so we can listen more deeply. And particularly as well, uh, an insight for you ladies is men's brains are a little different. And we kind of need to process one thing at a time. So if you're asking us a multitude of questions, we actually get quite frazzled. So you need to ask us one question at a time. Let us zone out and think for a bit, and then we'll answer it. Rather than, why have you done the dishes? Why? I thought you were going, I thought we were going away this weekend. You haven't organized anything we're doing. Again, criticize, criticize, criticize. But those are all questions. If you just say, hey, I noticed you didn't put the rubbish out. And I think, oh, I forgot. Sorry, darling. Let me do it right now. Little things, you know? How can you give them space? And one thing we had around this was also, you may be familiar with the love languages, the concept of how you give love and how you like to receive love. Mm. And this was really huge on, often we found in our relationship, we were giving what we thought they'd need, but really in in hindsight, it was what, what we needed. So for example, I was often a lot organizing our life admin and, you know, we were moving, what we were doing, and I would feel so unappreciated in that. And 
really misunderstood in that and be like, I don't feel understood. I don't feel like you get how much I bring. And when we really got down to it, ah, that's what I wanted. I was giving everything that I actually wanted. And when we could flip that in the relationship, D could see how he could contribute and vice versa. You know, I was not giving him the time and space that he wanted to have the conversations. And he was always that for me. And he was, well, you're ne- why are you not being that for me? And it was just this complete misunderstanding of our needs. So I think having those open forums where you can really get down to those conversations of, oh, actually, yeah, that uh, that's how we've misunderstood each other on that. It's like how we actually want to receive love. The one line you shared is super powerful. I just want to reiterate it, is that with love, we give what we truly need. So if you're looking at your partner, whatever behavior she does or whatever behavior he does, what are they giving you, right? Because that is exactly what they actually need. And this again has come back to like, levels of love which is not a distinction but it's really important to note this and be aware of this right it's super powerful and it can help them feel understood and safe safety is the last one and this is one is just really important it comes down to that appreciation it's just like giving them reassurance if your partner comes i don't know what i should do i don't know if i could do this what do you think you just have to give them reassurance and again it's about holding that energy holding the chaos holding the uncertainty and being like we got this we can do this. I reckon we'll find a way. And just giving that reassurance no matter what. That can really help them feel safe no matter what. And, and you can do that in your relationship as well. I think a lot of people, because of their trauma of non-committal or whatever, all their shit that comes up, they don't provide any safety for their partner in the relationship. So, And I'm not saying you have to get married. It's just actually give them safety about who you are and how you can be there for them and what the relationship means and where you're going and there's ways that you can create authentic safety for someone just by reassuring them hey it's okay I've got you I'm here what you're experiencing is valid and just consistently giving that them that space to feel safe within the relationship classic reassurance three words I don't know if many of you say this enough it's really simple you can practice with me now as I say it I love you. Easy. Done. So good. Reassurance right there. These tools um, to help you bring awareness of perhaps, oh, three C's, three U's. Okay, of course, we're gone back to individuals right now. We're not team we. We're not operating at our best. We're in conflict because we've got all of these six or at least a few of them going on and then as soon as we catch them in our relationship it's yeah well I am feeling really criticized and you also then closed off yesterday and you know what and then it'll be like how are you feeling I'm actually feeling super unsafe I haven't had any reassurance on this I've asked for help on this I'm not experiencing feeling supported and feeling understood and then once you can actually use the framework which the framework is so powerful because instead of well you did this and you did that and blaming you can revert to the framework and then really understand that that's what's causing that root cause of the conflict and then be pragmatic about how you support each other with that. Yeah. So I like to use the three C's and the three U's as cues. Cues that something is wrong. Something that I necessarily haven't been admiring Brian enough. I haven't been open enough. She hasn't had enough freedom. She hasn't had enough attention. I haven't had real presence or appreciation for her. That's my sign. It's not that... I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, she's right, her criticism's correct, whatever it might be, that's just a cue that something's not right. That's just a cue that we haven't been doing the good things enough, and then we just get to fill that cup up again, right? 
Yeah. And same vice versa. If I look at that and Dee's not his best self and we're not operating as a powerful team, it's like, well, you know what? I actually have been criticizing him a bit or where have I maybe been trying to control things or him and where have I shut down and actually really closed off and just been operating on my own to-do list versus really being open and playful and being present and radiant in this relationship. So it's a beautiful cue to go, where are the three C's, where are the three U's and how can we move forwards? And when you proactively do that in your relationship, you just won't have as much conflict at all. You will still have conflict because it's part of a relationship, but you actually have distinctions that you can then use to have really effective conversations and catch it quick and be like, ah, this is what's going. And avoid like the repetitive conflicts, right? Like like Bryony created, conflict is inevitable in relationships. It's all part of the fun. But the repetitive small stuff, you know? Because it's never really about that thing. Exactly. It's never about the thing. (laughs) We always used to have this ridiculous argument about life admin, and it's still honestly quite reoccurring for us. We're still still working through it, but we now know it's not about the life admin. And the constant thing was, I don't feel like I'm supported with all the admin we have to do. And Dee would just feel criticized. He'd be like, well, I do help. (laughs) So much. Yeah, so much. So thanks very much for criticizing me. But when we'd really get down to it, then what I really was expressing was, I don't feel safe. I don't feel I don't feel supported in this and that's making my feminine energy feel quite unsafe is that I'm having to then control and do everything basically and then but the way I would share that just wouldn't be effective because he would experience it as criticism so instead an authentic conversation with this awareness would be like hey I'm feeling really misunderstood or not understood because I'm putting a lot of effort into this I think what's coming up for me is I'm feeling kind of unsafe not having that support and I know you're incredible and you've been helping with X, Y, and Z, admiration and appreciation for what they have done. And my request is, could you help with this as well? Mm-hmm. And that's like a such a much, much more effective way to have that type of conversation. And to create really this powerful conversation is both members in the relationship need to know these distinctions. Mm. It doesn't work, ladies, if you go into your partner and be like, I feel unseen, I feel unsafe, and you're not understanding me. They'll feel criticized. (laughs) Exactly. So feel free to have this conversation, listen to this podcast together and write them down. Where might I be criticizing, controlling, closed off, feeling unseen, not understood or unsafe? Like where might I experiencing any of those three C's and three U's? Then have an open forum conversation with your partner. Both do that exercise separately not in conversation both journal on it then come together then create a really safe container not a defensive not when you're just like on the move a really safe time to have that conversation and look at maybe where either or both of you are doing that and then put in place those pragmatic proactive kind of habits and things we talked about how you're going to move thoughts and to create that psychological safety in this distinction is responsibility not you 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 you've been this you've been that i I've been making you feel unsafe and unheard. That's how you do that reflection powerfully. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. (laughs) You're looking at where you've been contributing those and that's how you can clean that up powerfully within your relationship. And if you give that, the other person will come to the party and, and look at where they've done that too, so. If you loved that episode, be sure to leave us a review. 
the link is in the show notes and get your bonus bundle of goodies and share this with a friend who's perhaps going through some relationship challenges and share this with your partner and remember as always with these episodes to put in place an action put the framework on your wall and really start to use it otherwise it's just a concept until it's put into practice so we hope that was really helpful tag us on instagram and let us know what landed for you and we'll see you on the next episode